well, well, this is an emergency episode. We considered recording last night. We have late breaking news that we have to discuss. Honestly, everyone wants to talk about Pete and Kim, but there's another dissolution that is much more pressing. Much more pressing. I'm starting to even believe that this dissolution was just literally released today you know, in light of Pete and Kim breaking up just so that, you know, they could be shielded from the public. Like it was all a publicity stunt. Pete and Kim, the whole thing was a publicity stunt so that this dissolution, you know, could go under the radar. Yes, you guys, beyond the breakdown of Kim and Pete, which really no one saw coming this quickly, we need to get into another romantic breakdown which is that of Cody Brown and Christine Brown. Now, we all knew that Cody and Christine were over, right? This was the season finale of Sister Wives last season. However, the trailer dropped of this season of Sister Wives and watching the fallout after Christine decides to leave the family, it has shaken me to my core. Mm -hmm. I know, I know. Christine was the foundation of that family. She was my favorite sister wife from the get-go, from day one. I stand Christine. And if she's packing her bags and leaving Henderson, Nevada, so am I. I think the best part about the entire trailer is Cody saying that it's like a knife to the kidneys. It's like a knife to the kidneys. I've never heard that phrase before. I've heard knife to the heart, but knife to the kidneys is a really, it's a really striking choice of organs to have punctured. You know? you know, it's a knife. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a graphic. But you know what, Cody? You know, it's a knife to the kidneys when you basically, you know, regard one of your wives as a friend and you admit that on national television that you guys are just more friends right now. That's a knife to the kidneys, Cody. <laughs> I wonder if it was a knife to the kidneys when uh, Christine was forced to, you know, be the basement wife for 10 years and then have her husband, who she gets 25% of the time, but basically none of the time because mm-hmm. Cody talks with Robin, to have her husband tell her that he has no interest in ever having sex with her again. I mean, the gall of this man to deny Christine intimacy, true partnership, right. and then act like he's a victim when she... No physically leaves even though he has for all intents and purposes left her the sacrifices i've made he said in the trailer honestly i mean christine hands down was the most fun wife she was the most loving in my opinion yeah i'm just gonna go in on every other one um i'm sorry but i thought janelle was cold i thought janelle you know didn't emit much love or fun into the family home i thought robin was kind of a hard ass too um (laughs) and then there was christine who was all i wanted to do was nuzzle my head into her bosom frankly because she just was the she was the hearth of that family home no she yeah absolutely christine is gaia she is mother earth she has that maternal warmth that fire you want to Mm -hmm. be warmed by she is so her energy is just so attractive. You want to go to a Thanksgiving hosted by Sour Mary? I don't think right. so. Right. You want to go to a Christmas hosted by Snoozy Janelle? Absolutely not. Here's what it is. You know, like those signs you get at Marshall's or Home Goods that say like love and laughter abides here? Like that is the epitome of Christine Brown. Okay. Love and laughter abide ab- abode. Love and laughter abided. <laughs> love and laughter was you know, abounding in her home. She 
she yeah she just was full of everything i would want in you know one of my sister wives so it's a really big bummer it's a loss to the polygamous community i don't know yeah well, I will also say I think that the Brown family was really coasting on Christine's charisma, okay? Mm-hmm. They were coasting on the atmosphere, conviviality, joy she brought to the family. She was the glue, which allowed Sourpuss Mary to, you know, continue on her grumpy ways, Janelle to continue just being no-nonsense boring, right. you know, Robin to dominate Cody's attention without a worry because really Christine and the love she has for everyone and the love everyone has for Christine held that family together. Now, mm-hmm. when Christine decides to go on her merry way, no pun mm-hmm. intended, it's, it is a grenade into the Brown family. And you know what, what Janelle said is right. What Janelle said on the trailer is correct. Janelle said, I don't, I'm not sure there is a family anymore. Janelle, the family is over. The family is, is over. All I'm picturing is that that Henderson, Nevada cul-de-sac and a tumbleweed, you know, just rolling (laughs) through it because it's desolate. This this family cul-de-sac is desolate now. No structure Chandler will ever be built upon Coyote Pass It is destined to be a wasteland Mm -hmm. for all Mm -hmm. of the hopes and dreams of the Brown family. And it's a great metaphor for the life they were unable to build. Right. Right. Anyways, late breaking news, everybody. Um. You know, if the flag is at half mast today, you'll know why. <laughs> okay, but let's get to less exciting news. But, you know, I would say definitely something we need to address, the breakdown of Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. I don't think anyone saw this coming so quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone thought that they would, you know, perish hand in hand in old age together. I think that we all thought that this was still, you know, that they were still pretty hot for each other. But no, it was announced on Friday that Pete and Kim are over. Kim has dumped Pete reportedly for being too young and immature. Chandler, what are your thoughts? You know, I think you said my top of mind best. I did not expect it to end this quickly. I definitely thought both of them would milk it for a little bit longer. You know, it it was a fun relationship to watch unfold. I liked seeing this rebound for her. So I thought this would last Mm -hmm. more like a year. This Mm -hmm. has not lasted long enough. Um, I do wonder if there was something that happened or if maybe she just, you know, I guess got over it. She does have four kids after all. And maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, her fuse is shorter. But yeah, I I guess I was I was taken aback. I do think that ultimately she he needed her more than she needed him. Well, I think that ultimately there's no way that Pete Davidson, 28 year old Pete Davidson, comedian in New York City, living the high life free as a bird is going to really be folded into the Kardashian machine and empire media empire. You know, that's submitting yourself to the clutches of Kris Jenner. And I don't think he was willing to, you know, forego his freedom. And so I think that that was probably one of the big issues is that he wouldn't be, mm, he wouldn't be controlled by the Kardashians. And I think that that was probably something that was causing friction, right? I heard a report that, or I saw, I think it was posted on Dumois that um, they had not finished the new season and they really wanted to get some sort of lovey-dovey. They wanted mm. to get some sort of lovey-dovey scenes with Pete, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't play along for the cameras. Right. And so I think that's when Kim threw the axe down. Honestly, he's an idiot because that gravy train is pretty good. And, you know, I would absolutely 
you know, do a lovey-dovey scene, whatever, go to, you know, a painting (laughs) class and sip wine and, you know, pretend to be in love uh, if it meant that I would get some of that media empire. But, you know, whatever, his loss. I I never thought that he was really mature enough, obviously, to take on four children at 28 and clearly being a very volatile person in terms of, yeah, clearly being... Uh, clearly being volatile. a very emotionally volatile person. Maybe he, volatile. he's emotionally volatile. I don't know if he's emotional. I just think he's yeah, young, he's but a, go he's ahead. He's a love bomber, right? He's a very intense person. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that steady stability that Kim really needs in a partner. So it makes absolutely sense. I think that really... I think that we were all just blinded by how hot they were for, for each other in the paparazzi photos. I mean, also the My Girl is a Lawyer tattoo. Like, I mean, all, yeah, the thing, the thing is, though, is those guys, they don't really care. Like for them, their bodies are like Johnny Depp says journals. So tattoos like that, they just get them yeah. covered. They just get new did, ones. They get as a memory, whatever. Did you see the TikTok about the easy fix for his tattoo? Yes. Which I thought was so, <laughs> so that the person who came up with that deserves <laughs> the medal of honor. It You know, you should be in Mensa. Brilliant. There was a TikTok, you guys, where um, where it showed Kim's tattoo or Pete's tattoo that says "My girl's a lawyer," and someone, you know, photoshopped it so it was the same exact lettering, and just the letters appeared around "My girl's a lawyer" to make it say "Tommy Girardi <laughs> was a lawyer," which is hilarious. <laughs> so good, um, and I think it's a great idea, a great yeah. alternative for Pete, right? Um, any, any, any final thoughts, Chan? No final thoughts. I, I guess I wonder who she'll be on to next. Um, you know, honestly, I've lost faith in Kim Kardashian, I will say, because I really thought that after Kanye, she would have wanted someone with gravitas and seriousness. I thought she would have gone for a Van Jones, which she was rumored to be date who she was rumored to be dating a while back. Um, and I just have no faith in her now. So I don't know what's coming up next. Maybe a Jonas brother. Oh gosh. Now that would be, you know, a watershed moment, as I like to say. That would that would make me lose all faith in her. I don't know. You know, she's just a part of the Kardashian machine. And I do think that whoever she dates next will just be another person who can, you know, bring her relevance. And, you know, I say this with love and light, but yeah, that's what I think. Okay. But beyond the breakdown of Cody and Christine and Keith, alas, let's turn to Chandler, our episode, our interview with the gals from the Skin Click, Sarah and Claire. This was such a good conversation. Absolutely. I feel like we got to talk to them for another six to eight hours. I would have happily just held them hostage on Zoom, getting all of their knowledge. Um, I basically at one point hijacked the interview and just said, hey, this is what I do with my skin. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. So <laughs> anyways, they are a fountain of knowledge. And we think you guys will really like this episode. Yeah, it's so good because, I mean, I don't know, unless you're a skincare expert, I think a lot of times there's just so much confusion. Like you just get, you know, you have all this, you're bombarded by people on Instagram telling you random products you need that are amazing. You Mm -hmm. have no idea really what anything really does. And it can just be really exhausting to put together a comprehensive skincare routine. So I actually did my consult with Sarah yesterday. This was after- 
recording the podcast. Yeah. So we recorded the podcast at the end of last week. Then I had my consult with Sarah yesterday. Sarah, so the skin click, Sarah specifically, um, she does these consults. There, she does them over FaceTime. You send her photos of what your skin looks like, sans Paris filter. Um, and she goes over everything you're using and basically creates a customized routine for you. And the thing that's really valuable about it is I'm like, okay, here's this. serum. Here's this $100 thing. Here's this expensive thing. And she's like, okay, basically you don't need any of this anymore. Like don't rebuy Mm -hmm. any of this. Maybe Mm -hmm. one thing I kept. Um, And here's what you can get for $60. It's the same quality as the thing that you had for $120. This, you know, she just, she's really science-based, breaks it down, creates a very effective, simple routine for you of high quality products. And then it's just amazing. It was honestly such a such an incredible hour to really drill down to what I'm trying to achieve, what I you know what she recommends that I do, get my beauty routine for, to prepare for my wedding. So I'm, I'm super excited. Um, and I got my routine. I got all my products. They're gonna being shipped to me. I know what I'm what you know procedures I'm gonna get done before my wedding, and I'm super super excited. Also, in the episode, we get into you know, not only skincare, but Botox and procedures and microneedling and just like all of the, you know, skincare du jour that is in the cultural ether. Um, you know, what's worth it, what's not. Um, and yeah, we, we talk about it all. Yeah. I, I will say you guys, um, highly, highly, highly recommend listening to the episode and then booking a consult with Sarah. It's $150, but this is my thought. She will save you. That You will make that money back oh, yeah. in her recommending products that are the same quality as whatever you're using for less money. So it's a huge value. I'm so happy I did it. I will be excited to share the journey on Instagram. And with that said, enjoy our interview with the gals from The Skin Click. Well, well, well. Today is a very exciting day. It's a day I have been waiting for personally and it has been a long time in the making. We finally are doing our all things skincare, aesthetics, Botox, fillers. I mean, maybe even a little plastic surgery chat with first Sarah Moran. She's at Sarah Moran underscore WHNP, Women's Health Nurse Practitioner on Instagram. Sarah has incredible content. She talks about skincare that's overpriced. And basically, you know, you could get the same thing for 30 bucks at a drugstore or less. She talks about skincare that is amazing and worth the price. And she just has really valuable content and she's not trying to sell, sell you anything. So I reached out and was like, I need you on the pod. I need your no nonsense skincare tips and secrets for our listeners. And then she said, okay, let, I would love to come on, but I want to bring on my, uh, my boss, Claire, who's the co-founder of the skin click. And Claire was down. She's the host of the Dabble Co podcast. And so anyway, we are joined by two skincare experts. It's a very long winded intro. Sorry, you guys, but welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks guys. Delightful. <laughs> We're so excited to be here. This is going to be amazing. Um, I feel like we have so many questions for you guys. Like, I feel like when we put out the call, we got just an like literal downpour of questions. Like there was mm-hmm. not, there's honestly not a better like, uh, you know, guests or guests to have on than y'all. So we're excited. 
I think when it comes to skincare, one of the hardest things is that there's just so much noise out there and there's so many gadgets and potions and lotions, things you can buy every day. A, a new celebrity is coming out with an, a nine-step regime that for you know the low price of $600, you can look like them. And I say that in quotes because it's usually BS. Um, so anyway, it's a lot of muck to wade through in order to glow <laughs> like an infant And I really need you guys to, you know, lead us down that path, show us how to do that, tell us the tips we need um, without, you know, having to spend $1,000 on Kim Kardashian skincare line. Right. Yeah, I think this comes at such a great time since there are so many um, talks with celebrities about procedures, what they have, what they don't have. I know y'all's last week episode, y'all talked a lot about listening to Kim Kardashian and what she said about not getting, you know, treatments. And she was very diplomatic in that and saying, I haven't gotten filler in my chin and lips and everyone's freaking out being like, she said she's never gotten anything done, but you're right. Listen to what she's saying. You know, she's not saying that she, yeah. And it's not true, obviously. Um, But no, I think this couldn't be a better opportunity. And, and Claire and I both are, um, we inject Botox and filler in a conservative and what we believe is a natural looking way. And we both get mm-hmm. Botox. And so it's so frustrating, you know, to hear somebody like Kim come out and say they've never had anything. I think a lot of people in the aesthetics industry were really frustrated by that because it sets fully unrealistic expectations for, for women. I mean, for everybody, because it's, it's just simply not true. Um, and so, yeah, we, we do, We love all the procedures, but, you know, let's just be open and honest about it. Right. Well, and I think that a lot of times what's really hard is you have people idolizing these celebrities like Kendall Jenner, like Hailey Bieber, like Kim Kardashian, and they look so beautiful. And they all think, you know, oh, it's it's a little Botox and filler and maybe a nose job. What they don't realize is is a lot of these girls, even in their 20s, Abella Hadid, are getting facelifts, are getting blepharoplasties, mm-hmm. are getting brow lifts to have an upswept look. They're completely transforming their faces with the best surgeons in the world. This is not an equal race or playing field. And it's almost just like setting yourself up to feel bad about yourself, to even try to, I guess, be in that race. And so I would love to talk about skincare and aesthetics, aesthetic treatments for women that want to look great, want to look natural, but they don't want to spend a hundred grand fine tuning their face, which is, I think is our audience. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people um, have like a misconception if they don't know anything about the cosmetic procedures or they just like look to a Kylie or a Bella Hadid. Like I totally agree with you. They are not just getting Botox and fillers. Like there's a facelift, there's whether it's fat transfers, there are other things mm-hmm. that are happening. And the Skin Click's whole like mission is to really help people, you know, feel better in their own skin. And like when I treat my patients, I want them to look like themselves, but just maybe like a more refreshed, better sleeping, just like a healthier version of themselves. Um, and whether that's just skincare or that's Botox, that's filler. But it's never trying to look like someone else. I feel like with mm-hmm. especially with like Bella Hadid, like she she's she's definitely had a blepharoplasty facelift. Like it's just obvious. You and can't, um, yeah. yeah, you just can't achieve probably that just her like, buckle fat yeah. removed. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just you can't say that that's just like growing out of puberty. Like her whole face is completely <laughs> no. changed, which is what I think she tries to sell people on. Yeah, and I think you know, for for me, well, I never want anyone to look at me or any of my patients and say, "Oh, your filler looks really good," or even know that they've had filler at all. I mean, my my goal for my patients is for no one. Mm-hmm. Really, you should just look like yourself, like Sarah was saying, yourself, but refreshed. Like you, maybe you slept the whole night, or you know yourself, but your that your your cheeks are where they were, you know, in college versus you know in middle school. Like that's a different look. I mean, and so we, I, and there's only so much you can achieve with all of what we're talking <laughs> about. You know, like it, it's there's really so much more that that these um, celebrities are mm-hmm. doing. It's unreal. I kind of have a question based off of that. Um, Obviously, Lauren and I talk a lot about this idea of the Instagram face that everybody wants, Mm -hmm. you know, these, the eyebrows and like, you know, the, just like the, the perfected sculpted, you know, thin nose. Um, So how do you navigate? Like, I'm sure clients come into you and show you pictures of people with that, the Instagram face. And I don't know, how do you like navigate that, I guess? Yeah, I personally, every injector is going to take a different approach. And I encourage people to, when you're vetting injectors, you know, look at how you think they look, um, because everyone has a different Mm -hmm. style. I, and it's so hard sometimes, and I'm, I'm gonna sound like I'm high and mighty and I'm not but like I always on Instagram, I will never use a filter because it's, it's so invasive. And it's just like, changing very subtly changing the way that we think about things I mean I know y'all have talked about I've talked about this like there was probably three years where I wanted like a no a thinner nose drop a smaller cuter nose and it was literally because of that Instagram filter that Mariana Hewitt Instagram filter oh my god oh my gosh screw the Mariana Hewitt filter that's all I have to say it's so sad and you're like it just doesn't make you feel good so I'm always like sirens kind of go off for me if I have a patient who brings me a picture, which it doesn't happen, at least in my patients, probably because I have more of a natural look. It doesn't happen as much as you would think. But if someone's coming to be showing me a picture of a celebrity, you know, I want to make sure I have a conversation with them about like, yeah, what's their goal of this treatment? Like, we're not going to be looking like Bella Hadid, nor should you look like Bella Hadid. Yeah. And I I, th- right. I think that look is honestly going to go away. Like, I think it's almost going to follow that the Kardashian BBL trend where, you know, there was a, a little a little bit of time, which is still going on, where people felt like they had to have that tiny waist and just huge ass. And right now it's kind of lips and a little bit of cheek, you know, the cheek pop and and no, you know, no nasolabial folds whatsoever, you know, too much to your trough filler. And I, and it's, it, you get filler face very quickly. Um, so, I mean, I'm just super honest with my patients and I, mm-hmm. I, I agree with Sarah. I think it's, it's also our, our population, you know, looking at, you know, the work that we do specifically. And, and if somebody comes in and, and listen and they want a really big lip, I'm not, I'm not going to say no, but I might say, might send them to someone else who does more of that style. You know, I mean, it's, it's really cosmetic medicine. Mm -hmm. It's medicine, but it also is a little, it's not a little, it's a lot of your personal artistic style. Um, and a lot of those looks just aren't what I feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with. Um, and so I might send them to somebody else if they're not going to be happy with, with what I offer. But oftentimes when I explain to people, 
one, how much filler it took to achieve that. My friend sent me a picture last night and was like, cheat goals. And I was like, that's $8,000 worth of filler, FYI, or a cheek implant. Like, that's not just like <laughs> a one-time procedure. And she was like, oh my God. And, and 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 I showed her several other pictures of the same person she was sending me on Instagram. I was like, look how it looks here. Yes, it looks good in this one picture, but then look how it looks over here and look how it looks when she's smiling and these different angles and, and people just don't think about that. And so it's it's our job to to kind of for sure explain that. I think things can look great in a still Instagram photo from that great angle and good lighting. Totally. And you know, you can't, if you do go that route, you can have this amazing look, but the, I would say the wheels start falling off once the face starts moving for a lot of these people with all that are way overdone. And it looks so unnatural. I mean, I talked about it with Chandler, but we were, I was watching Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip and it was like a, le- a lesson and, and, in getting subtle work right. and embracing, you know, cha- your face changing with time and embracing your natural self because honestly people can start looking scary and it's 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 unfortunately sad. I hate um I love Real Housewives as a consumer but as an injector like it really does not do our business any <laughs> any favors because especially like Spouses or partners who don't understand it or think that if you get Botox, you're going to look like the real housewives. And that's just never, never going to happen um, with just Botox. Um, right. So really, it's right. a bad lap. I hate it. And I would say, totally. too, that if you think about the, the celebrities we were kind of talking about, like the K- Kendall Jenner and um, even even like a Kourtney Kardashian or Kim Kardashian – or, or Bella or Gigi, they've all had, yes, a, a bunch of work done. They started out really beautiful. They started out at baseline really beautiful. And then you've got other people who mm-hmm. are – everybody's beautiful, right? But they, they didn't start out with that bone structure. They didn't start out with that, you know, really special, specific ethnic look that mm-hmm. we're now trying to achieve through these procedures – and that's when you look unnatural. And we hear Real Housewives all the time. I don't want to re- look like a Real Housewife. And I'm like, look, mm. someone should have told that woman no seven syringes ago. Like, and that that's on them. And they're going to an injector who's telling them yes, and that's fine. Um, right. That's when you get somebody like Brandy Glanville, who looks like a literal different person. Like she is unrecognizable. Leanne Rhymes, who, who what is she, who even is she anymore? Who no, no one knows. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think that um, I think that for this conversation, we just want to approach it from, not from the perspective of like, oh, let's talk about how you can be as hot as possible and look as young as possible for as long as possible, but how you can instead of that, which I think is a dark way of looking at your face and your your body. And I think instead of that, looking at aesthetics as a way of, you know, just being as refreshed and happy as possible, looking, you know, feeling good in your skin without going down that scary rabbit, Brandy Glanville rabbit hole. <laughs> so, okay. So let's start off with skincare. So skincare basics if someone has no skincare routine, what is the routine you would put someone on? What are the things that are really going to drive the needle, move the needle? Um, and I, when I am like meeting with someone for the first time and we're doing a skincare consult and I've, we've gone through all their history and whatnot, everyone says it and it's not sexy, but it really like, I'm like, number one, we have to be on a sunscreen. That's like where I start everyone that is mm-hmm. going to 
that is the best investment. That is going to make you look the best. And I don't understand. Oh, I understand. But like, I hate the sunscreen has this, like people just really want to stay away from it. So first I like harass people about that. Um, but then, you know, the, the best thing to do is, you know, approaching it. If we're talking about like an acne patient, that's going to look different than someone who has hyperpigmentation, yeah. someone who's like, and needs anti-aging. And this is kind of why I always want encourage people, if you are like not seeing the changes you want to see in your skin, to talk to someone, whether it's your dermatologist, whether it's someone like me or Claire, um, someone who actually can help you sort through all the noise and weeds. Because if you just go into Sephora and you're like asking a sales associate to help you, like <laughs> you're just going to spend like $500 and you're going to use that for like six weeks, maybe you're not going to see results. So yeah, which I did in like 2018. I right. like, drunk elephant hard. And then I was like, wait a second. I actually haven't seen any change in my skin at all. Well, there are- yeah. You're going to buy a bunch of Vintner's daughter from goop and think you're going to look, you know, glowing like Gwyneth. And there are, there are <laughs> a couple of key ingredients too, like Sarah touched on sunscreen, but there are really some very fundamental things mm-hmm. that are the right thing to do for essentially every single patient. Like I love how Sarah said, you know, yes, the routine's going to look different depending on your specific needs. Um, but I, I mean, I would say just, just at baseline, I mean, I'm, I do skincare cons- consults all the time where people don't wash the, even wash their face. So one thing that's really important is simply washing your face because if you don't wash your face and get that dead skin off the the top layer, we all have a top layer of dead skin all the time. Okay. You're making new skin cells all the time. And the little baby skin cells at the bottom are fighting their way to the top. Mm. You get that infant glow as we were talking about, Um, Mm. but you have to help them achieve getting to the top. And so washing your face, exfoliating as much as your skin will tolerate. um, And then like Sarah said, SPF, yes, daily, whether you're going to go outside or not. I mean, do you have windows? I'm looking at you with these giant windows behind you. Do you have windows? Do you drive a car? I mean, then you're having sun exposure all day, every day. Um, mm. And then the, the next thing after that to protect from from photo aging is vitamin C. Um, and, and photo aging, by the way, is the number one cause of, mm. of aging, collagen loss, um, wrinkling of the skin, all of that, because it breaks down the collagen and elastin. Um, so, not even getting into the skin cancer side of it, but the sun truly is your, your mortal enemy in terms of all of this, if you're trying to protect your face, but so wash your face, exfoliate if possible, you know, a couple of times a week at, at minimum. Um, and then vitamin C SPF and a retinoid, somebody, something in the retinoid family, it can be as gentle or as up, up to, you know, a 0.1% tretinoin or retinoic acid, um, as you tolerate, but those are some of the really fundamental things. And, and you may be able to achieve that yeah. with drugstore things. That's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with drugstore, um, brands. We just want to steer people, mm-hmm. you know, with their budget bang for your buck and in the right ingredients. And there's a lot of hype about a lot of yeah. shenanigans. Like you said, Ventner's daughter, my God, what is even in it? No one knows. It's like, fruit juice and oils. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So just to sum up, uh, recap that a little bit, because I'm, I'm in the lazy person category. Like for me, I just want to do, it's, it's very hard for me to not just go to sleep. And so for the lazy people amongst us, including myself, it's exfoliating a couple times a week, 
sunscreen in the mornings, vitamin C in the mornings, Mm -hmm. and then at night, some sort of retinoid up to a tretinoin, which is retin-A. Depending on what your skin can tolerate, you can build up to that. Um, and, and, and washing your face. Um, and probably like, what about moisturizers or serums? I know that's a, you know, a very hot topic, fiery debate in the aesthetics world. Would love your thoughts on that. Oh yeah. We, we are passionate about this and I've learned this, um, from Dr. Obaji and Zoe that, you know, moisturizers are the first thing that we like learn to use when we're like 12 and start washing our face, you know, like wash your face and you always moisturize and stuff. And a lot of times this is not for everyone, but I would say like 90% of my patients are moisturizers, just your general everyday moisturizer. It's just like sitting on the top layer of your skin and it isn't really doing anything. It's not really hydrating mm. you, anything. It's occluding pores. Um, it's in oh, interesting. that turnover that Claire was talking about. It's inhibiting that, slowing that down. There's just like a lot of different things. And I always talk to my patients about this. Patients who, like I have one patient in Colorado who we talked about this so many times and she was like, Sarah, I can't give up my moisturizer. Like my skin is so dry here. Once I got her on the right thing and there is like, replacements like serums that have antioxidants, have hyaluronic acid in them, like those kind of things that act like a moisturizer, but do so much more and actually penetrate. Mm-hmm. This. Now that I have her on that, she doesn't even use a moisturizer anymore. And she was like, I, I can't believe the results in my skin looks so much healthier and it actually doesn't feel dry anymore. Well, because, a lot of times that dryness is really indication of something more. You repaired her skin barrier from underneath, right? Like we make our own. So there's hyaluronic yeah. acid is a, is a big hype product right now, which is, it's fine. It makes the, st- the skin, you know, flexible, pliable, glowy. We make our own hyaluronic acid. And the goal, like if you think about chapped lips, right? This is how I explain it to my patients. So if you have chapped lips and you're putting on chapstick, aquaphor, whatever, you feel better temporarily. Imagine if you were putting all that chapstick on, but you were not drinking any water underneath. Like you're never going to actually get rid of your chapped lips. You're always going to be dry. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's really a, a, a mask of what's going on underneath, like Sarah said. So what you did by getting her on the right products was repairing her own skin barrier. So then you retain your own moisture. Now, again, like she said, that's not for – some people have to have a moisturizer. Totally fine. And then there's nothing wrong with a hyaluronic acid serum that's going to give you a, a nice glow – Um, but there are things that you would pick certainly before that, that are going to do more for your skin from the underneath than putting things on top. Mm. Mm. So I have a question. Um, I will spare you going through my skincare routine and asking for step-by-step, uh, feedback. (laughs) We're happy to do do that. Uh, we're happy to do a lot of consult. I have, uh, I have two questions. The first one is about sunscreen, and I feel like I I wear sunscreen every day. That's not a problem for me to remember to do. What I am uh, trying to train myself to do is to wear it all the way down to my uh, boobs or my decolletage, yes. my mother would say. Um, that's a non-negotiable. I take it, right? I just need to, I need to hear confirmation that I need to be wearing it like from here to here. I mean, I tell people wear it to where you don't want – where you want to slow aging as much as possible. So you don't want to, I personally do wear it down to my chest um, just because you've, you've seen those people who like, 
have so much sun damage right. in the chest and it's just, it does age you. That being said, I'm really fighting the fight to get people to wear sunscreen just on their face. So <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, do I need to reapply though to my chest? This is where I'm like, I, on, I, I personally don't. I reapply my face Re-apply. throughout the day, but I don't reapply my chest throughout the day. Like okay. if you were at the okay. beach, it's not going to be. If you were routine. outside, you would. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. oh like yeah, if, of course. If you're yeah. Working, just, yes. Just talking about like every day in the back of your yeah. hands. Um, okay, I've gotten more sorry. into the back of my hands too yeah. because right. yeah. these yeah. are things you think about Madonna yeah. and you see these pictures of Madonna and you're like, oh my god, your your hands are thirty years older than your face. Like it's so. You, what you right. don't want is right. there to just be a hard line where like your face looks great and then it, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. boom, there's 25 years plus photo aging on the way right. down. That's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So last second rapid fire question. I have uh, done the retinol, retinoid. I still don't know if I know the difference between the two, but I was using a retinol, I believe. Uh-huh. And I feel like my skin does not react very well to it. Like I, I'm sure I was. There might have been some user error in that, but I've noticed I get a lot tighter results the next morning when I use a glycolic acid. Like literally, I'm using not to uh, don't get mad at me, but I'm using the drunk elephant, like the the pink one or whatever. Because I do notice a difference the next morning when I've used that. So tell me what's wrong about that. Yeah, there's totally nothing wrong about that. It's just. So the difference in the names, and I'll just like do this very briefly, is how many times it has to convert to get to the pure form of vitamin A, which is what ret- Retin-A is. Okay. Um. So in retinol, Claire, I might be two or three conversions to get to vitamin A. Um. So that's like what your drunk elephant is going to be. Um. So it's just like it works slower. It's not as efficient. Um. The glycolic and- is slower. Oh, oh, sorry. You're asking about the glycolic works better. You think? Or, or well, just, I, for me, I've just noticed that it works a lot better. So, so they're doing different yeah. things. Well, I would I, say. Should I be using one or the other? No, you can use both. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And we, I mean, I use okay. and, mo- and have most of my patients on both. They're doing totally different things. So your glycolic acid okay. is exfoliating, and yes, your 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 retinoid family is exfoliating, but it also is stimulating production of collagen and elastin from underneath. Um, so, so they're just doing different things. And when you say you didn't tolerate okay. a retinoid, I mean, that means something different for everybody. Right. And, and everyone can tolerate yeah. it. It's just, just how slow do you have to start it? Yeah. So you might have to start a little bit slower. Like every that's, other day. I think it's the, I think it's the slow start that's hard for me. And I think other people it's like, okay, so I have to do it once a week. Like that just, I, I'd rather be on a routine with something where it's like, okay, every day I do this versus the ramping up, which I think I get, I don't see results. Then I get you yep. know over it. And then, but you know, that might just be millennial laziness. Yeah. I don't do people once a week. And I just tell people like, fuck up. You're going to like, this is going to suck. And yeah, like I said, I'm straightforward, but once oh, interesting. Yeah, you you say just get through the, par- the part. Just get through it. And I'm like, if that's going to be a problem, then like, let's find a time in your schedule when it's not. I'm not saying I put everyone on every day, but the if people really react, like I'll be like, and there are other ways we can help. Like they might take a break from their acids. They might take a break from other things. But like to every other night is where I start most people. And yeah. I just, like, I agree. People want to see results and it already takes um, to get maximum results from your retina, like can take three to four months. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. not see instantly with glycolic acid. When you use that, you like can kind of see a benefit really quickly. Yeah. So Cause you immediately a different method, but I feel like it immediately exfoliates, right? So like yeah. you glow, you're like, Oh my God, this works so well, yeah. which it, it does, but it's, yeah. it's doing something different. Right. And, and both are, 
so good. I should be like switching off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. And then once you're good on that, once you've done used drunk elephant, next time we'll get, get you on something stronger. Perfect. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so Sarah, I'm so curious if you have what is your retina protocol then? Your suck it up and deal with it, bitch protocol. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Suck it up and I really need it. you to make like um, cards that say it, that, like suck it up and deal with it, bitch. Yes. <laughs> retina protocol. Yeah. I, so I will say what. The product that's kind of saved a lot of my patients and helping my patients who are like, no, I have like, some will claim that they have allergic reactions to any type of retinol. And I'm like, skin better is one line. It's sorry, my dog. One sec. Lupo, come here. Um, skin, it's called skin better alpha ret. And they're very secretive about the formulation, but basically it has all these great things in it that makes it like the equivalent of the lowest level of prescription. Um, mm but it's tolerable for everyone. So that's, Hey, Claire, you want to, yeah. you can mute and I'll talk. And I'll Claire talk can finish off for me. You know um, so skin better. The reason it's great for beginner retinoid users is because, so they actually made up their own uh, retinol molecule that is double bound to lactic acid and so you would think, Oh, another acid, that's going to be a harsh product. But it actually, lactic acid is anti-inflammatory. Um, and so that is what allows a lot of people to tolerate this product. So, so Alpharet actually, to your, to your point, has glycolic acid in it as well. Um, so you not only can you, you use those ingredients together, I mean, you should, I love glycolic for, for all my patients for the most part that can, can tolerate it. Um, so there's definitely, and, and there are a million different strengths, right? And, and we can always find some way if somebody's really nervous or has particularly sensitive skin, we can find a way and a product to start you out um, slowly or on a, a lower dose product. And an alpharet is a good, a really good starting point because it has that lactic acid in it. Um, but yeah, it is, um, they are secretive about it, but I can, I can pull back the curtain on that a little bit. It's because it's double bound to lactic acid. That's why. Okay. So, so you guys start, you guys, what, sorry, what was the name of it again? That's just skin better. Yeah, right? that's just yeah skin better. Skin better. Yeah, one specific product that we have when that's one when yeah. people say that they're really sensitive or I've had an allergic but reaction, you- and it's typically just that they reacted strongly to mm. like, the Retin A and kept using it, and then kept getting more red, more inflamed, you know, itchy. You can get retinoid dermatitis, and then have to put on a topical steroid. So it's just one way to get it to be more tolerable. So if you start with Skin Better, will you still see those great results in three to four months like yeah. you would with the with just starting on a retinoid or retinol? Yeah, you really will. And I usually like will do people like maybe one cycle through on like one last four or five months the product and then up them from there if they want to increase their like keep going. Um but, you know, it is $130 a bottle. So not all my patients yeah. it works for. And that's why, like, the prescription is a great option. Like, if you live in the same state as your provider, they're, but the prescriptions, like, are only $40 to $50. But they are not as well tolerated. And that's the one where mm-hmm. I'm like, you just got to get through it. And um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, I have several patients right now who are in that beginning phase who are like, this sucks so much. And like, I hate you, but I'm like, it's going to be worth it. I promise. So how long does it take for people to get through that phase? Ooh, I mean, it can, um, I mean, worst case scenario can be like up to 16 weeks. Yeah. I mean, oh I my gosh, so four months yeah. of like redness and peeling. Well, that would be worst case scenario. And you can also, a lot of people don't realize you can have something called purging, which is where let's say you break out a little bit and you start on your retinoid or your tretinoin and your breakouts might actually get worse before they get better. And so it's really a long game. Like it's not it's not for the faint of heart. And and that's where patient education is so important. And I, I am so, I, I'm so sick of seeing patients that go into, you know, either, and I'm, I, I don't want to knock anyone. So I'll just say into appointments in general, and they come out with either prescriptions or products and no one took the time to actually educate them on how to use it. Anticipated reactions, which is redness and healing mm-hmm. from a retinoid, from retinol, from tretinoin. And they think they don't work. They think they wasted their money. And really, it's just simply no one took the time to educate you. And so, honestly, that's one of the most fun parts, I would say, about SkinClick is, you know, coming from hospital medicine and and academic medicine where you have like seven minutes per appointment is because everything that we do is concierge and we come to you. I mean, I can spend 30, 45 minutes with someone going through their skincare routine and, and like Chandler was saying, I don't want to bore you with my whole skincare routine. I'm like, no, I, I, I love that. Like, that's what I love to do. And then people get yeah. so much better results because they know what they're using and why and when and what to do. Right. No, it's so funny and so true. Like what a value add that would be. Because for me with my routine right now, it's very much just like cobbled together products that random, you know, I went to a facialist here in Puerto Rico and she recommended two products to me. I don't know what they are. I don't know what they do. I don't even know exactly. if I'm using them correctly, but I, and they were expensive. They were like SkinCeuticals, you know, each $150. Yep. I put, yeah, I put them on at night and whatever. And I put on a little retinoid and just, you know, let go and let God. And honestly, it would be a lot better to, to have that education so that you could know what to expect and actually get through it if necessary, or, you know, pay the extra. I mean, it sounds like a really great deal to pay 60 bucks more and not have to go through the potential four months of agony. So, well, and I just want to add to that. Like, I think there's also so much self-diagnosis where it's like, I think I have, like for me, I'm like, I think I have oily skin, but maybe actually more have more have combination. And then I'm just like getting all this input of like people on TikTok that I'm seeing that like, I think have similar skin to me, but like, I I don't know. It's really hard to know what type of skin you actually have. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, unless you're like seeing a, a, you know, someone like you guys or a dermatologist regularly. Yeah, I, to add on to kind of what Claire is saying about the skincare consult process, that is, I love injecting too, but like the skincare stuff is really, you know, like I'll be injecting someone and she'll be like, oh, can we just like go through my skincare routine? And then we probably pulls out over a thousand dollars worth of product that the patient's like, I have no, no idea what this is. Like I used it once or twice and now... I don't know what to do anymore. When I'm done, like with a patient, con- like consulting with them, my main goal is for every product that they have that they know exactly what it's doing and why they're using it. Mm. Um, because that just really, you know, 
helps someone under one understand their skin, but two understand like the investment that they're putting in and how mm-hmm. much it's going to help because and also that keeps you using things. I don't think before I like got my skin education that I'd ever like truly finished a product. Yeah. And now that I've finished right. products for two years of the same product, like, yeah, you might get a little bored and you want to go to Sephora and like spend money <laughs> on like random pretty products. Um, but when you are consistent, like you're going to see massive results. And I would rather yeah. see people on fewer products consistently, like three to four products consistently. Yeah than a drawer full of amazing products that they're it's like spitballing and like throwing things at, at the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see you use two to three products in the morning, two to three products at night consistently for months than the other way around. Mm-hmm. I, think I think skincare is a lot like working out. Sorry, yes. Jess, just really quick. I think skincare is yeah. a lot like working out where – um, you have to do it consistently to see results. And really, it's just the same thing over and over. The problem is, though, is that working out as a business and skincare is a business. And it doesn't work for, you know, for fitness teachers or cor- people that do courses or apps to tell you that, oh, here's this one program. If you just do it over and over again and maybe just lift heavier as time progresses, that you'll see results. They need to give you a new program every 12, we- 12 weeks. You constantly have to be changing it up. And it's a, kind of the same thing with skincare. There's always like this new thing. And so I think people have uh, choice fatigue because there's too many things to, f- to, mm-hmm. to choose from. And then they yeah. just get exhausted and do none of it, which has been, you know, me for a lot of years. Yeah. Capitalism, baby. Yeah. Capitalism. I definitely have a few of those patients who like a new product will come out or they see something on like goop or whatnot. It might be a fine product, but they'll screenshot to me and be like, tell me I don't need this. And I'm like, you don't need this stick to the plan. And they're just like, Thank, thank you. Thank you for free. <laughs> well, like, and and honestly, but. even the lines that we carry, I'll get texts from patients that are like, you know, oh, so-and-so line. I don't want to call anybody out. Like they just came out with this new neck cream. Don't I need that? And I'm like, no, you need to take your products, just like you were saying, down to your neck and your chest. Like there's no magical different. Yeah. Like, they'll say there's magical different things in the neck cream, but it's it's really just – the same product in a different bottle and often with eye creams too. So, you know, if you're using Oh, I want to talk about eye cream. Yeah, let's, talk so about eye, going let's talk about eye cream. So the eye, you know, the skin around the eye is the most delicate. Yes. And so you do have to be careful. But, you know, if you can tolerate your retinoid around, you know, start creeping up towards your eyes. And if you can tolerate it around your eyes, then you don't need to buy a retinoid eye cream. Now there's different categories. Like I, one, my favorite is a, a, an eye cream that has growth factors in it and it's safe to put even on the eyelids, like retinoids can be really irritating. So the eyelids are a little bit off limits there, but so there, there's different categories, but if you can take your, your retinoid around your eyes, then you don't need a retinoid eye cream, which is what most of the lines that we carry have. Like we, we only carry, we have two eye creams. That's it. We have a retinoid eye cream and we have a growth factor serum eye cream because those are really the, the two main things that you need to put around your eyes. Um, and hyaluronic acid gotcha. is nice because it is there one stretchy. But is there one that's better for dark circles? Because we got a lot of questions about dark dark circles. I have dark circles pretty bad. So I'm going to tell you, dark circles is notoriously essentially the most difficult thing to treat in like all of aesthetics. So. Um, just to yeah. get on the plane yeah. of transparency and honesty, 
an eye cream is part of the kitchen sink, but it takes the whole kitchen sink. You mm-hmm. might need laser under the eyes, microneedling, PRP under the eyes. Um, I mean, significant laser like Fraxel. We're not talking like BBL, IPL. Um, Interesting. Like baby lasers. We're talking about significant because you want to thicken. You have to thicken that skin um, in order to – because what you're seeing is – Or blepharoplasty. Or, yeah, but even bleph – I mean, a bleph might not even help with the darkness. It's just – it's so hard. What does that mean? A blepharoplasty is – I don't know what a blepharoplasty that's is. That's when you yeah. remove the – well, it depends if it's top or bottom. So if it's top, they're they're removing the extra skin where your eyelids are hanging down, right? So you see, um, I mean, and let me tell you, 25-year-olds, like we're talking about people, like like a Kendall Jenner could have had a bleph. There's, there are 25-year-olds in Hollywood who are getting blepharoplasty. And then underneath, where a lot of people think they need tear trough filler, really that fat has herniated and is causing a big bag underneath there. And that you can't fill that you can't eye cream that you can't laser that you need an actual yeah. surgery to to fix that so I, I tell people that all the time but is that that's for bags that's not for hollowness right I mean it gosh it, all these terms are can be so vague and hard to explain without because like, looking at a picture so it just kind of depends mm-hmm. on on your goal mm-hmm. like it and a blepharoplasty may help with the hollowness depending on where the hollowness is occurring and if they're pulling back the skin and they tighten the ligament. I mean, it just – it kind of depends. Like I'd have to see what pic- what specific yeah. patient you're talking about, you know? Gotcha. And just to tell people that are maybe a little confused – well, the reason why a 25-year-old would get a blepharoplasty isn't necessarily because they have eyelids that are aging and drooping. It's because they want to ha- have more – they want more of their eye – their um, – uh, what's the eyeballs? Yeah, they want more of their eyeballs to show, so yeah. they have a more refreshed look, like yeah. a bigger eye, essentially. Yeah, and, and some it's an aesthetic are, thing, oh, obviously. Some people are just naturally born with with just really hooded eyelids. Um, if that makes sense. This girl, yeah, and it's just gonna like yeah open up a little bit. It's um mm-hmm. not, a, and it's now at the point where it's not even that expensive of a surgery and. Um, right. And it's results, not a hard recovery. It's a very I never promised. Yeah, very short recovery. Very minimal. Mm-hmm. Um so another another thing people are utterly lost about is when to start with the botox. We've gotten so mm-hmm. many questions about do I wait for the first sign of wrinkles? What's, you know, what about preventative? So I think like let's clear the air and talk about that. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, there's definitely two camps on it, right? There are the people who say start getting Botox before you have any wrinkles to preserve. Um, And then the other camp that's like one when you see lines at rest. Um, What do you mean by lines at rest? So like when you're putting on your makeup and this is the first place I saw it, putting on makeup and there's a line in between my eyebrows from where I furrow because I just like furrowed and didn't really realize it. And that was getting like very faint at age 24 for me and was there when I wasn't mm-hmm. furrowing. And mm-hmm. so that's when I started getting it. That being said, a lot of people might see it first on their forehead. Um, that's like me. Yeah. It's all it's all dependent on like your facial expression. Some people are just way more expressive. Like I just have an expressive face. I take more talks on my face than some people. Um but I don't personally, if people want it, I give it to them. But I don't personally believe you need to start before you have those 
lines that start to bother you. But also you don't want to wait until they get too deep and then you can't do anything about them. And there's no age. I'm- yeah. Are we talking like, are we talking fine lines? It depends. I mean, it can be fine. Like- or are we talking like a wrinkle, like a wrinkle? It totally depends. So like you got really fine lines typically around your crow's feet until it's not, until it's like a cavern. And then same thing here, like it starts as a a fine, faint line. Mm. But I describe it as a piece of paper. So if you think about the piece of paper as your skin and then underneath the muscles are moving the paper, right? And they're folding it. And the more you fold the paper, the deeper the crease is going to get and the harder it's going to get to turn to, to reverse the crease or get it to go away. And eventually it won't go away. But I absolutely have 25-year-old yeah. patients right. who have significantly worse wrinkles and static lines at rest than some of my 45 year old patients it's it's genetics it's sun exposure it's are they a smoker do they use skincare i mean mm-hmm. there's a million different factors right. so there's not an age i would i never give people an age it's when when you're ready or when you have something that bothers you or if you want to get into preventative mode cool that's all of it's totally fine and there is no age for any of that other than over the age of 18 and we Absolutely have crazy moms bring their kids in at age 14 and we're like, <laughs> literally get out. What? Yeah. It's, yes. I want to look, I think we should look into starting Botox around kindergarten. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's just preserve <laughs> that youth, baby. I tell my four-year-old all the time that, that, the that RBF is like, not. You're, I'm going to have to start Botox and you in middle school now. It's upsetting, but what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so hilarious! Yeah, you gotta you gotta teach the young kids. Yeah, like I tell my niece, don't smile too much. Those nasal exactly. nasal labial folds will come in quicker than you want. That's right. So, quit the laughing, girlfriend. Um, <laughs> no, okay. So, so I know that what I did for our listeners is I just noticed when I saw my reflection in a, a car window. I think that car window is like for some reason direct sunlight on your face, looking at your reflection in a, in a, like a park car, win, a park car window. For some reason, it's the least flattering light. And I noticed that accordion-like fine lines were beginning to develop between my brows. And so I've started, I've religiously Botoxed them since probably 27, 28, those 11s. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's phenomenal. I cannot like sing the praises of Botox enough, but then there is a part of me that's like, I do go do it every three months. I'm really religious about it. And so there's a part of me that's scared that one day my, one day my forehead will turn into like this, like tight, scary looking forehead that's never had a wrinkle because I've been too religious about my Botox. Curious if you have any thoughts about that, of like how to still kind of get that Robin Wright aged gracefully look. Yeah. I mean, people, people say, oh, isn't it true that, you know, if you use Botox with time. And so first of all, let's go back to the word Botox is now a noun and a verb. There are four different brands. So Botox is not the end-all be-all. We actually, in, in my practice, we prefer a brand called Xeomin um, because you're significantly less likely oh, nice. to form antibodies to it. So 8 to 10% of people that use Botox, Dysport, and Javo will form antibodies to it. And then that to- neurotoxin no longer works for them. So that's a little bit terrifying. So that's why we I mm. always push Xeomin. It's my favorite. Um, gives you a little bit more of a natural look, but people are like, Gwen's favorite too. Yeah, exactly. If, if it's good enough for Gwen, yeah, it is Gwen, Gwen's favorite. It's good yeah. enough for me. So <clears throat> you're not gonna, you're not gonna get to a, a point of weirdness. Truly, I mean, it's not gonna change your face. It's just gonna maintain that skin integrity, so it doesn't 
form those static lines. No. And the goal is to make those Interesting. muscles weaker. I mean, yeah, that that's that's the goal to make the muscles yeah. weaker. So then how do people end up with those crazy looking foreheads that look like the skin has been stretched so tightly over them and they're so glassy looking? You know what I mean? Like that look is just so it's not my favorite. And so I'm curious what that is, if you have any insight there. I think it's usually, it's just truly more than Botox. <laughs> Botox is like, mm-hmm. even, to give you that. yeah, it's a facelift. It's Morpheus. It's like all these things together. Um, mm. It's like, it's going to someone yeah. who was very, very aggressive um, with treatments. Okay. And Botox, yeah, it does weaken the muscles by small degree. Yeah, over time, but like Claire said, you know, that's the point, but that's not going to give you that stretched out like skin in your 60s where you look like glass. Yeah. It just, okay. it's a facelift yeah. usually, honestly. Okay. So tell, interesting. Okay. That's good. That's really helpful. Okay. Curious about under eye filler. This is obviously another controversial thing and something that I perpetually want, but I'm terrified of because of the risk of going blind. And so would love to hear your thoughts on under eye filler. Well, I definitely wanted to talk about this, Lauren, because I I love how educated you are on it. And you know about Hylonex or Hyaluronidase. You were talking about it last week. Um, <laughs> yeah. And thanks. I'll just tell you that it is true, um, obviously, that there are risks with filler. And if you go get filler and you and your injector don't talk about the risks at all, if they are not caring, like at the skin click, like we always have hundreds of units of Hylonex on us. That's the reversal agent mm. for those who don't know. Um, like we talk to patients about risks and, um, but you know, that's any sort of, any sort of tr- treatment has risks. Um, but right. that being said, uh, yeah, the under eye is a very, very uh, tricky area. I personally don't inject there, not because I don't like it in some patients, but I find that almost all of my patients who think they want under eye filler actually need cheek filler filler, and that's where their volume loss is. And you can achieve beautiful results and support the under eyes with cheek filler. Um, and there's like mm-hmm. great new fillers coming out that, you know, you can lay in the right area that gives that rested look without that. Cause you, you've seen, everyone's seen tear trough filler go bad where it's just yeah. like looks too puffy and um, cause it only really takes a little bit in that area. So yeah. One, I always talk to patients about the risks and two, like I always carry that on me at all times. I don't know if every practice always does, but there we are trained to know the emergency signs of when filler has, we're talking vascular occlusion. It's gone into somewhere it's not supposed to be into an artery, into a, um, any sort of vessel. And yeah, that's, that's a risk, but we take every step we need to in order to minimize those risks. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. And it's funny. I, I went in to get, I got under eye filler and I got a tiny bit of filler on my nose actually when I was um, 25. And so by now it's probably all dissolved. Um, but but my provider who was an MD, when I to- asked her about the risks, she was like, oh, that never happens. She was like, looked at me like I was Ooh. crazy. And the Ooh, crazy thing is at the time, so I didn't know that filler in the nose. is actually a higher yeah. risk for blindness. Filler in the nose is very scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know that. So it's just crazy. And she was an MD with like a very established practice in Salt Lake City. Um, 
you know, and her whole business was aesthetics. And so it was really disappointing looking back. And I was like, you know, I, I was just, I was just like 25 and screw it. Let's get as hot as possible. Who cares? <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, but, um, no, that's, that's helpful. And I think that another thing that I always try to think about is like, let's embrace, like I see 22 year olds with a little hollow under one of their eyes or both their eyes. Like, let's just embrace a human face. And most of the time people, no one notices. It's just something that you see. I actually saw really. a really Thanks, nice girl. post one time. I think it was Injector Bunny that did it. And she compared, it was a few famous people. And she, her point was, you should have a little bit of a trough. You should have a little bit of a step off. And she took mm. like their airbrushed pictures. Let's say I'm going back to like Hailey Bieber, Kylie or Kendall Jenner. And like, if you look at their magazine airbrush pictures, they have no tear trough. They have no, it's just like one, you know, poreless, flawless, you know, under eye. But then if you look at them in real life where they're still equal, you know, absolutely stunning, it looks more natural when they do have a little bit of a trough. So, I mean, you, you do need some variation there or it's when you start to look puffy and weird and get filler face. And I feel the same way about the nasolabial folds. Yeah, you know, that was okay. So that was a big question people had. Like, what can I do about under eyes? What can I do about nasal, nasi? How do you pronounce it? You know what I'm about to say. What can you do about nasolabial folds? Nas, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what are those? Because I don't those know. Those are the like, um, right here, like by your lines nose. that go from like the corners of your nose down to your smile. Um, and some people will really be like, they don't want that at all. And I agree with Claire. Like, it looks freaky when you don't have anything there at all because it's literally like the struct, the anatomy of a normal face. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, nasolabial folds is also a very hard, air, a difficult area to treat and one that also needs to be approached from like the top down. Um, if you just go mm-hmm. and put filler in someone's nasolabial folds, like, it might not even like look like they got anything. It's just going to look a little bit awkward because then your volume of your lower face, you know, starts to get a little bit heavier than your upper face. So once again, I mean, I also am just like probably biased because I love cheek filler and I think it really just like looks, makes everything just look a little bit um, brighter. Um, So that's always where usually my patients who are like want their nasolabia folds and they have never had cheek filler, we do some cheek filler and they don't want their nasolabia folds anymore. But not everyone, but even procedures like microneedling and laser, anything that's going to build the natural collagen from underneath is going to help soften those, those lines and those Mm -hmm. folds. And so, you know, I encourage patients. Yeah, I, I do, you know, same technique as Sarah. Like I start from the top down. Typically we'll do maybe temple and, and cheek or mid face, sometimes even chin. Um, but there, there are a lot of things you can do before you fill the nasolabial folds. And I, I mean, patients just typically, unless they're an ideal candidate and just absolutely the, the, the perfect candidate, the perfect technique and all of that, they're just not happy because it gives you a puffier look. I mean, that is real housewife look to me when they start feeling there and you have right. a puffy face. So I feel like what I'm hearing from you is the best way to treat that is from on some, almost like the inside out, like yeah. having really good skincare, lasers, just having that skin the best quality it can be. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's super helpful. I have a question on lasers. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
one of the questions listeners got was, I guess, conveniently about me. Um, they wanted to know what my beauty prep is about in leading up to my wedding. And I've considered getting some Fraxel, Fraxel done on my face. I've, t- I have, you know, I have freckles all over my face. Um, and my, I'm in an interesting conundrum, which is I don't want to get rid of my freckles because I really like, I feel like they're just a part of me in like a corny way. And my fiance, like, you know, for him, he wants my freckles to stay, but I want to have the best, you know, most refreshed look I can have. And I would like to minimize some of them, you know, maybe, you know, so I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts on, on that. Is there a way to do Fraxel, but like maintain some freckling? Yeah, but also, why do you I don't have know, to? Claire, do, have you gotten? Yeah, why do you have to do Fraxel? I mean, there's so many other lasers. That's really intense. Yeah, Fraxel's really intense, especially before. Uh, Is that just what was recommended? Yeah, it was what a what it was what a provider recommended based on a console, and he was said he said that we would do you know Fraxel. Every he was said everywhere but my nose and cheeks. We would do it on like the normal level, but then we'd do a really low level on my nose and cheeks yeah. to try to maintain the freckles there, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that was his plan. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious as to what you guys think. And I know this is a very niche question, so sorry, listeners. No, this is a this is a great question because I obviously I'm getting married next year, and I like Lauren. I have very similar skin to you, and. I like my freckles and stuff, but I agree. Like we can lighten them a little bit um, just so it's not Mm -hmm. like, you know, dark spots all over your face. Um, And Mm -hmm. what I have found is best is one, you know, you have your good skincare routine and then like a non-hydroquinone that's skin brightener. Zobride Alive is probably my favorite. Um, That's just going to really help as you move towards your wedding, like give you more of a glow, brighten some of those freckles that are actually more sunspots. And then mm-hmm. also doing like a uh, medium depth, like chemical peel would be where I would mm. say like that should be enough. Um, I think personally, if it were me, I think you're a little young for Fraxel. Could you get it? Yes. But it's really going to like really get rid of freckles, like probably more than you yeah. want. I've heard you talk about. I wouldn't say like it's you shouldn't do it 100%, but I think it's going to get rid of too many of them based on what you describe that you like and stuff. And it's, it's intense. Yeah. Like you're going to have a lot of downtime, significant downtime from practice, a lot of downtime. Whereas like a medium depth chemical peel, like you're going to get significant brightening and lightening of the sunspots. And you might have more downtime of like five days. Sarah, they're not sunspots. They're angel kisses. Okay. I'm on never angel kisses. <laughs> Well, we just have the skin type that gets those spots so much easier than people who don't have that skin type. Yeah. It does not mean we're sun damaged. You guys are kissed by angels, of course. There was a sign hanging in our house, like all of my childhood for Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) You remember Um, that, Lauren? Of course. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. um, um, Okay. So... I will. I'm going to schedule. Do you guys do virtual consults? I'm sure oh, everyone's yes. going to want to sign up. For I one. was going to um, explain about that. Yes, yeah, so we do email consults. Those are $75. And we do virtual FaceTime consults. And those are $150. When you do that, you get 15% off your products. You will probably get free shipping. And also, like, when we talk consult, like, we are going very in depth with you. Like, we are talking about your medical history. We're talking about I'm talking about your supplement routine. If you have one, I'm talking Mm. about like 
your skin history? Have you had significant acne growing up, birth control, all that stuff? So it, this isn't just like a little five minute chat. Like this is a significant yeah. um, focus on you. Um, yeah. And Claire does them too. We have a lot of providers who do them. They're great. And then Amazing. you have that person as like, like you can text that person or email them and be like checking in with them. I always do things in phases for consults. Like I think the worst thing is like you when you go somewhere and they give you like six products and you're like, what the hell is going on? What am I supposed to do? Like we work through it slowly, add slowly, titrate up type of deal. Awesome. I love it. Okay. That's incredible. So all I will offline my personal niche questions to my consult, which I'm definitely booking because I've I've waited till the final hour. Um, no, you still have time. You're December, right? I mean, we're we're definitely yeah, in the August, September, October. <laughs> I have four months. But you well, are consistent, so Lauren or Sarah, I was planning on just sending you close-ups of my faint wrinkles and asking you for free advice, but I will also be getting a consult. <laughs> Yeah, well, please do not do that. No, I know, I know. <laughs> also, um, the skin clinic has. I mean, we have providers all around the country, so I know there's an injector in Salt Lake City, right, Claire? Yep, Apollonia. Oh yeah, who comes to your house? Yeah, Apollonia. That's oh, like, I mean, that. that's stunningly beautiful. So many of our listeners are in Utah. Do you guys have people in New York? Um, a couple. Do we have anyone in New York? Yeah, a couple in New York State, and then we literally. So Manhattan has completely different tax laws, and so we've been working on that for like s- six months. Yeah, <laughs> but we just got approved for that like yesterday. So, um, literally yesterday. So we will. We'll I'd, I'd be willing to go to New Jersey. Yeah, we'll have Manhattan if soon. need be. But we've got people in New York State. <laughs> you need to upstate New York. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, don't worry. I'm excited. Um. Do you, I have a question. So I have a listener question. I would love your guys' thoughts on how much filler to do for a non-existent jawline. Curious how you guys feel about filler for the chin, filler for the jawline, kind of trying to recreate a new shape in the face with filler. I think it's great. Get ready to, yeah, Yeah, but but it's great. You about to say get ready to paint. Oh, really? It's great. It's, yeah, it's great. I mean, chin filler is amazing. Chin filler is one of my favorite things. Totally agree. Jawline is harder. If you have no jawline, like it's it takes a lot so we like radius in the jaw um which is a different it's not a hyaluronic acid filler um but jawline can be harder to achieve just because it can take so much more product but a chin chin balancing profiles is so fun it takes two seconds it's and it can make such a huge difference um for people so love a chin less enthusiastic not a lot of time to be one syringe so that's not yeah when people have a non-existent jawline and they want that another trend that snatched jawline. Um, like I always tell people, I'm like that it's tough and it's going to take a lot, but it's amazing. People who want that. I'm always like, let's just start with a little chin filler, balancing out the profile. And a lot of times just like one syringe of chin filler has a big impact. Yep. Can you see immediate differences with filler? I'm like very new to everything. Yeah. So So filler right away, you'll see I mean, you'll be a little swollen usually, so like it'll go down a little bit, but you'll see those results right away, lasting 12 to 18 months. Um, Whereas Botox, you know, once you get injected, it's going to take typically 14 days for your results to be apparent in the last three months. Okay. So rapid fire question round just to get through some of these that were submitted. Um, I want to know how much water do I actually need to be drinking? Um. 
I don't know where the rule came up of like eight glasses a day, 64 ounces. Um, I just feel like that was made up somewhere. <laughs> I just say drink as much water till like you feel hydrated. I don't know. I'm someone who like I need to drink like 64 ounces or I yeah. feel bad and I get like a headache where I have friends who like could go days without drinking water. I tell people like drink when you're thirsty. Obviously, yeah. more water is always good. But it's not like if you drink, you know, 100 ounces or a gallon of water a day, you're going to have all of a sudden clear skin. No, no. And anyone that says that or that you have to do that to have clear skin, obviously hydration is great. I'm not endorsing not drinking water. I think it's wonderful. Some people can't consume that much water or they will be peeing all day. Right. Um, Okay. Another question that's a little more specific, but um, this person asked, can lip filler fix my crooked smile? I'm worried about it moving around in my lip. Yeah. So crooked smile, it depends, but a lot of time Botox is actually what's going to help with that. Um, I personally get this for myself, like getting either a gummy smile correction or, Mm -hmm. um, which will drop your top lip a little bit or a little bit of a lip flip to kind of even out how much your smile turns out. So crooked smiles usually, yeah, I approach it from Botox first because yeah, it doesn't need to be symmetrical. Um, okay, next question. Uh, they heard gel tret. I'm guessing that's trentinoin. Trentinoin. So they said her gel trentinoin is not as good as the cream version. Is that true? Not necessarily one's better for the other, but for different patients, some might be able to tolerate better. I would put a a patient who has like more oily skin, they can maybe tolerate a gel better. Gel is typically going to be a little bit more drying. So mm-hmm. if you already have dry skin, I would s- stay away from a gel tretinoin and request um, a cream. Okay. Um, invasive or non-invasive solutions for neck skin losing elasticity? Um, I mean, invasive, uh, a neck lift, obviously. Um, non-invasive for like mild laxity. I like Ulthera. Um, that's a different treatment that uses ultrasound to promote collagen growth, um, collagen stimulation. Um, it kind of heats the epidermis, which then stimulates the collagen Mm -hmm. and that's, those results last like two years, up to two years, but that's for mild laxity. So my patients who I do that for, we really talk about that because if you have major laxity, a neck lift is going to be what you want to do. So, okay. Going off of that, um, is there something specifically you can do for your neck and chest? Like if you're, if you're worried about chest wrinkles from sleeping on your side, I'm a side sleeper. That's something I'm now staring down the barrel of are these chest wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Um, are there specific target solutions for that? Not in, that's any different from your face skincare. Like I personally will use like a certain, like you could use like your weaker retinol, like your drunk elephant or something mm-hmm. on your neck and chest, hands, all of that. And then use something like stronger on your face. Yeah. That's what I tell people, bring it everything down to your boobs. Okay. Um, next question. The popular skincare items that you do think are worth it. I know you have a little bit of content on this on your page, yeah. but if you want to call any out that you think A, are, are worth it and then B, that are then not worth it. Yeah, I'll give a few. So ones that I think are worth it, that one that we talked about earlier, Skin Better Alpha Ret, that has to be purchased through a medical provider. Um, This is going to be an amazing retinol option for people who think they can't tolerate retinols. It's $130, but it's cool because it lasts like 130 pumps and you use a single pump. So it lasts 130 days. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, that's not bad. Um, I also really like any sort of glycolic salicylic acid toning pads. Um, I like Zoe's, um, 
that's probably my favorite. Um, we also make one that I like. There are a lot of different ones that are good. I mean, but that's worth it. I've seen glycolic like pads on Amazon. Like, am I terrible for getting those? No, the only if if you can tolerate them, a lot of times they're just going to be like they don't have like the nice botanicals in it that make yeah. them soothing as well as chemically exfoliating. But if you can tolerate them, that's great. Don't use like oxy pads. Yeah, like I don't know if y'all remember <laughs> those. Those will like strip the shit out of your skin. Um, yeah, but if you can tolerate it great. But okay. the thing I love about like the Zootoning pad, it's $60 for, for 60 pads or no, $51 for 60 pads. But you can, it has so much product on it that I use it my face, my neck, my chest, the backs of my mm-hmm. hands, and my armpits. Um, and that just exfoliates so everywhere. Would you put that on, take the pad, wipe it all over your face and then put on your yeah. uh, retinol? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. This and is like something, game changing yeah. for me. Yeah. And I like have worked up to where I use like the strongest strength retinol, but it's taken me probably like two years to get mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. But, and I'm scared for the day when I like am not using it and then I have to do that all over again, <laughs> but that's definitely worth it. Um, and then also like uh, if you have any sort of like darkness and you want your skin to feel brighter, like non-hydroquinone, hydroquinone is like the gold standard uh, prescription brightener. It's actually being like, it's not, you can't get it in Europe anymore. It's probably not going to be available in the U S in the next couple of years, just cause it has systemic effects. Um, so that being said, it's not, if people are on it, you can still be on it right now. It's still FDA, yeah. but there are a lot of, uh, non-hydroquinone brighteners that are definitely worth the money. Um, things that aren't worth the money is like a uh, very expensive moist, any expensive moisturizer, like run, run from what about can you name names or ones you hate? <laughs> like, yeah, La Mer. Yeah. La Mer. Um what are the other ones that uh any any vintner's daughter, any um like anything over sixty dollars basically. Well I think yeah. the the tough part about moisturizers is you put it on and you're like, fuck it, this shit is working. I am glowing. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's just like what you said. It's just this thing sitting on your skin. It's not right. actually yeah. improving I your mean, skin. I literally yeah. use like Eucerin. Like I have like a big Oh yeah, you can use that. The only thing I would be concerned if it's just if it's occluding your pores and not allowing right, your pores. right. But if you are like, I'm really like when I bring my patients on those retinas, like I will tell them like we can use like Vaseline or like Cetaphil moisturizer because to help you tolerate it better. Um, that's the only time when would I would you say use it. Cetaphil is the best moisturizer that doesn't uh clog uh, your pores. Or yeah, or CeraVe, either one yeah. of those. Um, but yeah, not and everyone. Those are just like drugstore. Um, and then yeah, Vintner's daughter. There's another one that I'm, that I, I mean, SkinCeuticals. Like, do you feel like those ones, any of those are I worth mean, it? I like SkinCeuticals. I just don't understand why their vitamin C is $165. Right. There are amazing ones that range more from like the 90 to $120. Um, why do you need an expensive vitamin C? That's another thing where I'm like, I could just buy this on Amazon. Yeah. So vitamin C, and there are now, I mean, like more formulations out that might make it a little bit cheaper, but the best, ver- the most potent version of it is L-ascorbic acid. And it's just a very unstable molecule in itself. Mm. And um, that being unstable, like it's just oxidized by the sun. It's yeah. like needs to be in the right packaging. It needs to be like in its purest form. Because um, what it does is it like neutralizes these free radicals by donating an electron. It's like kind of chemistry-ish. So I won't bore you all with it. that. But okay. it's just something that is hard to make and 
I would not recommend buying a vitamin C on Amazon. <laughs> I would not recommend buying one from the drugstore if you really want to go Sephora? Is there any no. from Sephora? No. I mean, actually, think, is there not- anything I can buy from Sephora that you would sanction or no? Honestly, if you work with me, if you work with someone like me, you're going to spend less money and have better products. Interesting. Okay. It's expensive. It, oh, no, it totally is. Yeah, it adds up. Um, but I wouldn't say that everything is bad from support by any means. I just yeah. like have seen better results. You get better bangs. Like I use these products and I have phenomenal results and my skin is glowing and it's not genetic. And I'm like, okay, you do you. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I don't feel like I answered all the questions did i i will say i do want to just put a shout out for great skincare um my our oldest sister yes I think we can all just admit she has the best skin in our entire family Absolutely. she's never had a needle near her face yes. she's almost 40 Super glossy. and literally has baby skin like looks yeah. so young looks so fresh looks so pretty she also like product. doesn't she also doesn't live her life like as much as I think like she like we went to she we avoids were, the sun to the, an extreme degree. Yeah. Like we so were. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's why she looks so good. I think that I think that Chandler and, and I are more in the camp of like, there. it's OK. We would rather just <laughs> we'll look a little older and enjoy the outdoor terrace at this five star resort right. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, and but I yeah, like, very she, much like being in the sun, so I get it. But what remind me the name of her line? Okay, so she has a, yeah, she has a product called, um, it's a serum. It's a botanical serum. It's called, her brand, it's called John's Daughter Apothecaries. Mm -hmm. Um, and she has this serum that is, is really great. And it's so herbaceous. It's in a, it's in a dark glass bottle. Um, and yeah, it 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 is very luxurious. Yeah. 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 No, that's also something like there is a, like a lot of good things out there. Um, people just know what they know. And your sister's a, a midwife, isn't she? So she like knows mm-hmm. what she's talking about. She has yeah. medical background. She knows, like, she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. She's explained to me the retinol chemicals like a million times and I cannot like get You're, it like, stick stop. in my brain. But she, yeah. yeah, she knows her quit. Yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's definitely listening to people who like you feel confident that they like know what they're talking about. Um, and that's, I mean, that's with anything. So that's kind of a overall. But you know who I don't feel confident knows who she, what she's talking about? Haley Bieber. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like you were just hot. Right. Like, exactly. You just, like, we, we, all just, we all know those people too, who have that skin texture that she has. It's almost like, like this is a random, but I feel like I had friends with like really squishy cheeks. Like their mm-hmm. skin was like super soft and just like poreless. And I don't know, like, I just I feel like I I that's the type of skin I feel like she has that's just like elastic but in the perfect way. Yeah. And it's just like extremely yeah. glassy. And so I yeah, we all know people yeah. with that skin texture. And so I'm not gonna buy their skincare line because yeah. it's not happening for me. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel too. I yeah, I've heard good things about the lip um her the lip balm that they carry. <laughs> um people say it's good, but yeah, when you're using that face to sell that stuff, it's just it's hard for me until I see the real results of people who have like cystic acne that have now right. come out of it. Um, but that's just like right. the world I live in. Like people who have like normal skin is when that's what I like to work yeah. with. Anything for acne. I mean, I still struggle with a little bit of hormonal acne on my jawline and sometimes on my back. Right now I'm like, I don't have monkey pox. I just have acne. That's like a mantra I'm trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So acne, anything you recommend. Yeah. Back knee, um, I really like, and I probably share it all the time because I use it for myself, Pan Oxal. Oh, I have that. 
Yeah. I mean, if you're consistent about that on your back, yeah. like I you know it's easy to remember. And also using that, something with benzoyl peroxide to really like, usually back knees, that's like pretty oily skin. Yeah. And it's just like needs to be dried out. It's um, like, it's, it's like a combination of living somewhere super humid and also like working out. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's like if I work out, the more I work out, the more back knee I get. So, you know, right. it's a lose, lose over here. But yeah, so definitely doing that. And also like things like the glycolic acid, salicylic acid, those are your acne heroes yeah. and retin-A. Yeah. And like spot treatment though for acne, what would you say? So I like zit patches for, and I shamelessly like will wear one all throughout the day. Like people really don't notice. And I think a lot of people's acne gets worse when they, when they pick it, obviously, yeah. but it's just really easy to do when it's open. Um, so my approach to my acne is one, like soaking it with a toning pad of glycolic and salicylic acid, like at night, then putting like a mask that has some sort of clay or sulfur on it overnight. There are several, I mean, there's some on Amazon. I have a Zoe one, obviously I like, um, but using that as spot treatment, that will help dry up all the sebum and whatnot. And then the next day slapping on a zip patch and knowing yeah. that acne and breakouts are very normal. That being said, if you have them all the time, we need to change your routine. Sometimes I have to put people on prescriptions. Um, it's just all, a lot of times it's products you're already using that are causing breakouts. Interesting. There's so many different effects, but that's how I treat like a pimple that comes up. Yeah. So pimple patch, sulfur mask, soaking it in glycolic salicylic acid and not touching it. Easier said okay, than one, done. But easier said than one, done. Yeah. <laughs> one more question. Um, someone wanted to know what's an average amount – and what's like the top range of Botox you can get in your 11s? The top range, an average amount. I'd say most of my most of my patients, I do 20 units on um, that I want, and that's not 20 pokes. That's separated into five pokes, so four um, units in each each spot. That's like that the medium level. Like you have a little line at rest, and like I want them to la it to last you to get good results. That being said, on some, I have patients who I do 30 units in just mm -hmm. in their 11s, and I have a couple patients who it's more preventative, and I do more like 15, um, right. even like one that I do like 10 units on. But know that when you go to an injector and you want to get it in your forehead, that means you're going to have to get it in your 11s too, or else it's going to make your eyebrows heavy if you don't get your 11s as well. Mm. They like oh, that's interesting. Offset each other. Um, but you can just get your 11s as – Lauren, you said you do, but I'd say 10 to 30 units, pretty wide range, um, but 20 yeah. units is okay. what you expect. Okay. Amazing. Wow. I usually do 20 in there, um, but I have a friend who does 30. And so I'm, it's, I think I might ratchet it up. Um, yeah. I do 25, but um, 30, yeah, 30 will also, it'll, and your duration will increase usually the more units. Do you mean you won't have to get it as often? Yeah. I mean, it might last you like, and everyone's obviously metabolizes. Do you do every 90 days? I mean, I just do it whenever I'm not in Puerto Rico. And that generally turns out to be every three months for sure. Okay. I'm in California or New York or somewhere. Do you mind if I ask you how much it costs per unit where you get it in California? I always just like to know. Oh, yeah. I mean, usually I think I'm paying around 10 to $12 a unit. Okay. That's, yeah, that's Sometimes I know in like New York, I have a few patients who live in 
or from Charlotte, but go to New York and they'll go to uh, their German New York and it's $17 a unit, which I mean, I understand it's New York and everything's more expensive. Chan, I'm sure you know. Um, I know. But yeah. Um, yeah no, course. in Puerto Rico, it's actually $22 a unit. Um, oh my god! Which gosh. is why I don't get it done here. I mean, hair, getting your hair done here is like five hundred dollars. Yeah. It's just they there's only a few providers for everything, and they know that there's a lot of anyway. It's all there's other a lot story. Of money to pay for it. That's so fascinating. Yeah, yeah it it's a lot of hearing. wealthy women here. So yeah. Let's. That being said, if you go somewhere that's giving you like seven dollars, eight dollars per unit, and it's not like a training or something, like be scared. It should not okay, be totally. Yeah, that's amazing. That's good to know. Unless they're like, we're training new injectors, which I mean, we do that monthly. And that's something that, you know, you're like being, your hand is held. Like there's two providers with you, one experienced and one that's learning. Um, And that's why you get a discount. Right. You're still going to get great results, but it's just like you shouldn't, from an experienced injector, it shouldn't be $8 a unit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sarah, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. This is so, this has been incredible. This has been a long time I love it. Sarah, before we close out, where can people find you? Um, again, Sarah Moran underscore WHNP on Instagram. Can they book yeah. with you a consult via Instagram? Yes. On Instagram, there is a book now button that you can click um, to book your email consult or for or face-to-face FaceTime. Um, or you can just DM me. I always am checking uh, DMs for that. And also, um, make sure you check out the skin click that's click C L I Q U E because we're in like 30 States or something where you can have an injector come to your house. Um, which is incredible, an incredible concierge service that I don't know how it hasn't happened before this. Um, and yeah, Claire is the co-founder dabble co D A B B L E co. And she is also has a podcast, um, that talks, all about healthcare and different healthcare topics. So amazing. Also find me on TikTok. Um, for those who aren't on TikTok, oh, yeah. uh, that's like where I'm, that's like my version of their Patreon, except you don't pay for it. Um, it's just <laughs> my, like my funnier version and my like a uh, less professional version. My oh, more awesome. real, my more real me. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next week. Bye. 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 That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Pop Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.